uh, kind of uh, unusual today to hear that prayer request, a request for the oil industry. And um, my message tonight is dealing with covenant, I call it covenant covering, covenant covering. Everything that we do in Christianity is by faith. And we can accomplish unusual things by just believing. Remember what the scripture says, if you can only believe, all things are possible to those who believe. No matter what's going on, even if somebody's dead, if you can only believe, the thing that is standing in our way is not people, it's not the economy of the country, it's nothing. We don't live under this economy. The only thing that's standing in my way is my faith or unbelief. Your faith, or let me say, the thing standing in your way is unbelief. If you cannot believe, God cannot work. He loves you. He wants to help. He wants to bless you. But Jesus is clear. Your faith is what did it. God's already willing. It's my faith. The thing is, no matter what's coming at you, refuse to fear. Just refuse to fear. God will always come through. We're humans. When these things come at us, immediately... Satan begins to minister to you. As soon as you hear the report, whatever it is, that report is negative. As soon as you hear it, even before you're preparing yourself, I don't know what this report is going to be. There's a little bit of tension in your heart as to what you're about to hear or the mail comes in and you're about to open it. Can it, can it go down a little bit? It's a little loud for me. And you're about to open that mail, and you're thinking, oh, I don't know what is in there. You are already exercising faith in the opposite direction. It's called fear. And once you allow that, the enemy will have his way. But we're all humans. Once you open that thing, and it's a negative thing, a negative word, something comes at you immediately, there is that fear that comes in. And Jesus, if he was standing right by you, the words you hear from him... It's don't be afraid. Only believe. Even if there's somebody dying, already dead. He says, don't be afraid. The only problem you may have in this situation is your unbelief. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And God, you may take a downturn. If God allowed it, that's because something better is ahead of you. I've experienced this in my home. It's constant. From the time we started the Ark Fellowship, it's, it's just been like that. So I learned not to pay attention to those things as they come. If it's bad, you say, wow, something good is about the corner. We can't really see it. Uh, but I've always told my wife, it's, it's, it's going to work out well. And it's always been that way. So I don't have to entertain fear. I hate it when there is tension and there is fear. I don't like being around it. I'm not Superman. I'm just trying to depend on this person, the one who wrote this book. This is, if this doesn't work, it's over for me, the way I see it. If God's not there to help me, it's over. This is the only thing I can trust. I can't trust anything else. Nothing else works. 
So I can trust this. And if I fail on this, let me fail. That will encourage your heart. And you have to make, come to the place where you make that decision in your heart. No matter what's going on, we're all human. I go through it too. The fear comes in when you hear it. <laughs> Just recently I heard I was about to spend maybe forty to $80,000. And then I'm concerned just hearing it because I have to spend that. I mean, the church has to. So I have to beg you, please, break, give an offering. I'm kidding. We got this money to spend. But I got back home. I got my joy back. I don't know what's going to happen, but I can handle it. Somehow God's going to provide, take care of it. So I don't have to worry about it. Don't even, I don't have to go to sleep worrying about it. But it came down from that 80,000 to the 20s. Yes. And I believe by God's grace we can handle that. I could have stayed up all night. First it was 40, then it was 80, and then it was back down. But God is God. They have to worry what you do now. God can take care of it. That's what I want to convey to you. God always has a way. If he's in the wilderness, he'll make a way in the wilderness. If you have to cross an ocean, he'll make a way also. He'll split the sea so you can walk through. God can do all these things. And so we really have to trust him and believe him no matter what's going on. Uh, I've often said this before. I don't do it as often uh, as I, I used to. But I'm sure then the church would think, oh, he's, he has a lot of faith. No, I was, I was really uh, helping myself. Not preaching at them. I was helping myself. The Lord is my shepherd. How I many heard me say that a lot? I wasn't preaching at you. I was fighting. <laughs> I was fighting whatever I was dealing with. Believing God's going to take care of me. But you hear it as I'm preaching like he really believes. Yes, I believe. But I'm declaring before you constantly while I'm going through things and I'm trusting God. He, he comes through. And the more I do that, the more the fear evaporates from my heart. And the more confident I become. That that's exactly what's going to happen, and then God does it. So it's not a thing that is, is, is to boast in the Lord based on his word and believing that he's going to help us. Now, I'm going to be talking tonight, starting this series, it's called Covenant Covering. Everything that God does, he does by covenant. God, I know we have the old covenant, and then we have the new covenant or the Old Testament. That's really a covenant. The old covenant and the new covenant. And Jesus gave us the new covenant. But between the old covenant and the new covenant, there were several other covenants. Every time God speaks to an individual, every time God tells you about something he wants you to do, he will always give you a promise. The word covenant is promise. An agreement between you and God. He says, you do this, I'm going to do that. And if you agree with him, you have entered into a covenant with God. God entered into a covenant with David. When he told David, you, through you, the Messiah will come. That was a covenant. 
That was a promise. David held it, held on to that covenant. And everybody knew in Israel the Messiah was coming from the house of David. But David was under the Abrahamic covenant. So God will always make a covenant. God is a covenant-cutting God. He's still doing it till today. Even under the New Testament, he's still cutting covenants with you and me. When he tells you, I want you to do this, it doesn't stop there. He'll tell you, you do this, this is what I'm going to do, and this is what... Sometimes the promise is so lofty, and things don't immediately work the way you expect it to go. God called Abraham, and then the next thing there was famine. You remember that? And he had to go to Egypt. After God has told him, if you leave, I will bless you and all of that. So sometimes things don't go the way we expect it to go. And if we look at what we see with our eyes and what we are experiencing in the natural, you give up your, that, the terms of the covenant and you won't follow through. So God works based on his covenant. When he makes a promise, he, something happens in that promise that reminds him about his promise and immediately he'll work. He'll come down to work. Let me read this scripture to you. It's in uh, Exodus chapter 6, from verse 2 through 5. And God was speaking to Moses, now calling Moses to go back to Pharaoh to bring out the children of Israel. He says, And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. Basically, he's saying, I am Jehovah. That, that name was not, had not been revealed until this particular time. And you know, you know about this because it says, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. That's how they knew me. They, they walked with me, dealing with me as God Almighty. But now the fighting God is down. And I am Jehovah. I'm going to battle and get my people out. The deliverer is here. That's what he's saying. They didn't know me as a deliverer at that point because there was no deliverance to be made. But now I'm giving you a new name. I'm still the same God, but I'm coming to fight and to get my people out of bondage. So he said, they didn't know me, but as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, that's Jehovah. I was not known to them. That's what God is saying. I didn't know me by that name. I mean, you know, we have an all-compassing name today. The name of Jesus. God does things by his name. When he reveals a new covenant, he gives a new name. So they can know exactly what's going to happen. And you can take that name and the name will work. When, God, when uh, uh, Moses went before Pharaoh, he wasn't saying, God Almighty, Jehovah says, you let my people go. Amen? Because this is battle time. It says, I've also established my covenant with them. So, they knew me by this name, but I also established a covenant with them. To give them the land of Canaan. That was the promise. See the covenant and the promise? I made a covenant but it was a promise to give them the land of Canaan. God has a lot of covenants that he has given us in the word. The promise that we have in his word. And we can take that, those promises and enjoy them. It says, I established my covenant with them. To give them. The covenant was to give them 
the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. And I have also heard, this is important, I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel. That's my people. I have heard their groaning. Whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant, my promise. Every time a child of God groans, God hears it. And he comes and if you read what he, say, what he was saying to Moses, I heard them groaning, crying out to me. Now I'm down to take them out of it. You know what they were crying? <laughs> I always laugh about this. Many of us have done this. When we are in trouble, we make promise with God. We tell God, God, if you do this for me, if you help me out of this, I am going to serve you. I mean, you've done that, right? I'm going to give. If you give me this and I pay my bills, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you are bargaining with God. I'm sure the children of Israel were in, in bondage. They were crying, God, if you get us out, of, if you get us out of this, we will serve you. Okay, and God, they were groaning, and God heard it, and God came down. Every time you are pressured by anything that is contrary to the promise and you groan under that thing, he hears from heaven and he comes down. Now, Romans chapter 8, please give me that scripture, verse 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. We don't know. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions for the saints. With groanings that cannot be uttered. Groanings that cannot be uttered. He prays for us, the Spirit, He prays through us. We, call, we understand that's tongues, but when God hears it, it's like the children of Israel groaning while they were in Egypt. The Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So it's the same kind of groaning that God hears. And when God hears you groaning under the pressure, of something that is coming against his promise in your life, he comes down just like he did in the Old Testament to deliver you from that thing. He's going to deliver you. But you will have to groan first. The children of God, every child of God, is a person born out of a covenant. You are a covenant child of God. Every child, every born-again person is a covenant child of God. You are a son. Even if you're a woman in the kingdom of God, all sons, you are a son of God. You are going to be a king, kings and priests. You are a covenant child of God. For the Old Testament, their covenant was sealed through the blood of animals. 
and circumcision made with hands. That was the mark of their covenant. For us in the New Testament, our covenant is sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ. And in that covenant, there is a promise. And we have to go through those, uh, the promises that God is giving to us. Jesus called his blood the blood of the new promise. The blood of the new will. The blood of the new will. The life of the flesh is in the blood, and God has given that to us. It's life for life. He took our life so that we can enjoy his life. And you can put that together and say, if Jesus can experience this, that's the life of Jesus, perfect Jesus, before he took our sins upon himself, then that thing doesn't have a right to be with me. You can never say Jesus was broke, he couldn't pay his bill. He'll send Peter to go catch a fish, take the money from the fish's mouth, and we'll pay in all of our bills. So, we are covenant children of God. And we have the covenant sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ. You are that child of God. Now, listen to what the scripture says about the covenant. Psalm 74 verse 20. Have respect to the covenant. Have respect to the promise. And he's talking to God. And that's what God did in in Exodus chapter 6. God heard them groaning and had respect for the covenant that he made with Abraham when he heard them groaning. So the Bible here says, have respect to the covenant for the dark places of the earth are full of the horns of cruelty. So what's going to protect you from the cruelty in the world? The covenant. Every time God remembers his covenant, and if you are under that covenant, the covenant covering, then you are protected from the horns of cruelty in the earth. The dark places of the earth. The word horns there means habitation of trouble. A meeting place of trouble. Where they meet to talk about what to bring into your life to cause you trouble. It's a stomping ground for trouble. You and I don't know this, but God gave us revelation in Isaiah 54 that the devils actually meet. Just as you know with Job, when the children, if you read in the, in the, in the book of Job, when the sons of God came together, it was a meeting. And there's another place in the kings where the sons of God came together and some demons came around as well, and God was saying, who is going to do something to this king so we can get him out of place? And every one of them has, few of them have suggestions. And one of them says something and God said, okay, that's, that's the one we're going to go for. They meet. These demons and spiritual forces, they meet. And guess who is on the agenda? You. You are. And they're planning. They're planning. They've been watching you. When you read the scriptures, you can see, if your eyes are really open, Satan says, I've been going up and down in Job. I go to and fro on the earth. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? Oh, he says, many times. I, I know that fellow. 
I just can't touch him, you know, because I see this stuff around the covenant covering over him. I can't touch him. You don't see them, but they're there. And you are on the agenda. You have to know that. If especially once you got once you get born again, from the very first day I got born again, I knew there was a devil in the world. Oh yes. It was not easy for me. Uh, some of you, they congratulate you in America for getting saved. I wasn't congratulated. They almost threw me out of my home. I've been in chains. Actually, literally. You read my book, you'll see it there. My family had me in chains. In a dark village. Because everybody was saying he's crazy. So that comes with it. And today I understand it. It's part of my assignment. Um, I can willingly submit to it. If it comes. But the dark places of the earth. There are places that are darker than others. But every time there is darkness. There is going to be a stomping ground for wickedness. For trouble. That the enemy is planning against the children of God. And so God says. The scripture here. David is saying by the Holy Spirit. Saying God have respect for the covenant. Because when God has respect for the covenant, you are protected from all their stomping grounds, whatever they are planning. There's nothing that can, they can do against your life. They can plan all they want, but they can't touch you. Job experienced that. We have to, that's what we mean by covenant covering. You stay under that covenant and put yourself under that covenant. No matter what's happening in the world, a thousand will fall by your side, ten thousand, but he won't come near you. That's what the script, because you are under the covenant covering. And that's what we're talking about. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 54, verse 15, he says, Indeed, they shall surely assemble. They will assemble. They, not talking of humans, your enemies, Satan, devils, they are assembling against you. But God is giving us a promise, but not by me. I didn't send them. I have no part with their plan, their stomping ground of trouble. I, I'm not, I don't have anything to do with it. They decide they wanted to do that. But then God says it very clearly in his word. Whoever, devil, demons, spirits, humans, it doesn't matter what, whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. They, it won't, they, won't, be, they won't be successful. Because you are under this covenant covering. And verse 17 tells us, the same, the same chapter. No weapon formed against you will prosper. You know what we talk about weapon? No weapon, no matter what. It can be a weapon of sickness. It can be a weapon of financial difficulty. Whatever the weapon is. Coming against your home, in your marriage, whatever that weapon is. It's the enemy that's doing it. I remember reading Paul Youngish's book, um, The Fourth Dimension. If you have not read the book, please read it. Uh, but in that, he, there he talked about the story of a man and his wife. They, were, they argued like crazy. They fought like crazy, both of them. And he was the one that uh, joined them. So they called Pastor... One night, and they said, uh, Pastor, we have made up our minds. We have packed our bags and everything. His was on one side. Hers was on the other side. And they said, so, Pastor, since you were the one that joined us, 
We want you to come to our home and bless us as we go our separate ways. <laughs> Pastor said he didn't know what to do. He says, how am I going to handle this? This is what pastor's work is like. Not preaching from here. This is easy. It's dealing with something like that. Pastor says, what am I going to do? They said, we want you right now. You married us. You better come and pray for the separation. So he drove fast and got there saying, oh Lord, what am I going to do? What, what, what will I tell them? What, what? So he got there. Pastor trying to reconcile. He, he listened to the wife. And the wife told him, Everything that the husband has been doing, and he felt like killing the man. He said, that man is a useless husband and everything. And then he called the husband, and then he started talking to the husband. When the husband got through with what the wife's been doing, he was ready to kill the wife. He was re- this was really confusing. He said, I didn't know what to do. They said, look, pastor, they got really mad. Pastor, look, this is all a waste of time. Just hold our hands and pray for us and, and let us go our separate ways. I mean, those people were bold. So he held their hands, and you know what he did? He rebuked the devil. And he was coming against the devil that was tearing down their home, and he felt a teardrop. He said, I got them now. <laughs> I got them good. And he said, what God had joined together? He quoted that scripture, and then he left them and walked out. The next day they called and said, Pastor, we can never, we, just know, we don't even know why we were fighting so much. After you left, we started wondering. So they spent the whole night unpacking. The reason is Satan had come into their home. You see it in the natural, it makes sense to you. But it's the horns of wickedness that are planning against your life. And if you stay under the covenant, you are protected. You are protected. No matter what it is, you are protected. God is the one that has the last word. So you can stay protected in the kingdom of God. Let's talk about the covenant itself. That's the promise. It is a blood covenant, so that means it's a living covenant, especially with the blood of Jesus. That's a living covenant. Covenant is really a promise. And there are two sides to this covenant. Faithfulness is required for the covenant to be in force. You remember at the end, Jesus said when he is blessing his servant, the words will be, it's not how, how hard you work or how often you work. The blessing will be good and faithful servant. Faithfulness is required. That's why you can tell the difference in a church. Those who are faithful to do, no matter what it is, maybe just to come to church regularly, watch their lives. And watch those who don't care about being faithful. It's always a difference. God, the word faithful, that's taken out of faith. God loves faithfulness. And so when there is a covenant between anyone, if God asks you to do anything, all he's watching is not how well you do it, it's how faithful you are to what he's called you. Even if it's a little thing. It's so important. If God has told you, 
I want you to join this church and be an usher. Be faithful to do, doing it. One day he's going to stop you. That's enough. I have a big assignment for you. Because that's the only place where promotion comes. I know of Novel Hayes. Some of you know about Novel Hayes, a multimillionaire. And he says, I was minding my business. Man that finally got known all over the world for his ministry, healing, and all of that. God actually giving people that have actually cut off their wombs. I think I saw two. Two ladies that have actually gone to the doctors, cut off their wombs. Now they want a child, but no womb. He prayed for them. They had children. But he said, I kept, I, God told me to give, go to this project housing to provide them with milk. So he filled his uh, truck, I mean his van, with milk, gallons of milk. And he just, he won't preach to them. That's what God told him to do. And he just delivered it to them. Gallon from, home, from, house, from house to house, just give them. And they said, one, he says, he's funny, he says, one day I was just minding my business, doing what God told me to do, and then God stopped me. He said, hey, stop. And he said, he's funny, he says, ha, what? And God says, you have been faithful doing this milk delivery job that I gave you. I'm going to make you a minister. Now I was watching him from satellite television way back then. Known all over the world. And he said, just because of that faithfulness in doing, just delivering milk. He was a businessman. He didn't think he, would, he, didn't think he qualified as a minister. But before it was over, he was in demand all over the country. And all over the world. Because he was faithful. God, when he makes a covenant, a promise, he wants you to be faithful. So there are two sides to a covenant. God says, if you do this, I'm going to do this. It's always that way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's God speaking to you. He's cutting a covenant with you. It says, if you seek, that's a promise, and we'll, I'm going to prove that to you from the word of God. The covenant is really a promise. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. If you do it half-heartedly, that's because you didn't believe what he said. If you believe what he said, then you will do it faithfully, and then and only then you will reap the reward of that. Some people try for a few months, and I say, Pastor, I heard this stuff that you keep saying, seek for the not done it. It's not working. They've not done it with all your heart because they didn't believe it. And God knows not to respond to that. So God's side is secure. When God gives you a promise, He is going to be faithful to His own end of the promise. No doubt about it. God's own end of a covenant is secure. God will not alter it. He stays and he lets you know, I will do exactly what I told you I'll do. I'll do it. So if we are the variable part of the, I mean the other side of the covenant, we are the variable part of this covenant. Because of the way we are, we are not perfect. But thank God, we have Jesus on our side. And if your heart is there and you want to do right, you can act like the man who said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I'm willing to believe, I'm not perfect, but I need your help. 
And because you are already moving in that direction, and you got Jesus on your side, the blood of Jesus on your side, He perfects your imperfect faith, and God comes through for you. Amen. We, he needs a clap offering for that, because of His goodness for us, to us. He perfects us because He is on our side. He is the man on our side. God's on the side of the promise, and Jesus is on our side of the promise. And when we are unfaithful, He completes that if we do our best to be faithful to His covenant, His promise. That's the key thing about this. So when you do that, you are always under the covering of the covenant. Always under. Because it makes his part perfect. Now, God's own part, this is what God says in Psalm 89, verse 34. My covenant, I will not break. It's never going to happen. And how do I know his covenant is his promise? Then it says, no, will, no alter the word that has gone out of my mouth. So every word from God's mouth in the form of a promise is a covenant. It will not be altered. It will not be broken. Every word from God's mouth is a potential covenant between you and Him. And you can choose to accept that God's talking to me because it's your Bible. Didn't you buy it? That's your Bible. When you read it, God speaking to you. It's your Bible. He's talking to you from your Bible. Please don't come and take my Bible. That's my Bible. When you read your Bible, it's God speaking to you. He knew you would have that book in your hand. He knew from the foundations of the world that you will be holding his book in your hand. And when you read the book, he's speaking to you. And if you accept it, you are entering into a covenant with him. And he will be faithful to his covenant. That's what he says. My covenant, I will not, will not break. Nor will I alter the words of my mouth. The words that are proceeded from my mouth. In other words, wow, this is kind of hard. I, 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 God's saying, I should have thought about that before I said that. Wow, that's tough. How can I, what do I do now? No, because there's nothing impossible with him. He doesn't have to apologize. He, he, he knows what he's saying. I will not break my covenant. I will alter what comes out of my mouth. Now, Numbers chapter 23, beginning from verse 19, or verse 19 itself, says, God is not a man that he should lie. In other words, this is a covenant thing now. Promise of God is a covenant. So he says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man. We are the variable ones. We can, we can do everything. We don't have the power. You make a promise. I'm going to be there at 4 o'clock. <laughs> Let's see. If you go on 290, you may not get there at 4 o'clock. <laughs> but if God tells you he will be there at 4 o'clock, he doesn't need 290 to be there. We do. Okay? So God is not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should repent. In other words, go back on his word. Well, I'm sorry. I know I promised you, but see, I can't do it right now. That doesn't happen with God. So he's saying in the word here, and, and this is God telling us. God doesn't repent. God says, has he said something? And will he not do it? 
Has he spoken and will he not make it good? So when God gives you a promise, he is going to make his word good. God's not a man. A man will come up with a good excuse and and excuse himself or herself for not being able to do it. And you hear the excuse, you can understand why he's not able to do it. And you go your separate ways. But that's not with God. He has no excuse to give. He's not going to tell you, oh, I, I was really tired and I slept too late. I woke up late today. No, that's not God. He, he commits whatever he's promised. He's able to perform it. So God is not a man that he should do that. He will answer and meet that particular need. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, If we are unfaithful, in other words, if we are faithless, unfaithful, he remains faithful. God will not deny himself. We have to realize that God and his word are one and the same. So God's not going to alter himself. He'll be something else. God is his word. The word of God is God himself. So if God alters himself, then God's changed, right? I am the Lord. I change not. And since he's the Lord, the word the word cannot change. Nothing can make the word change. That's what Jesus meant. Everyone that falls on this rock is going to be broken. If the rock falls on you, you will be ground to powder. That's what it is. You can't do anything to the rock. The rock is the word of God. It won't change. If you fall on it, it will change you. Amen? If it falls on you, it will really change you. Grind, you know. (laughs) But that's the truth of the word of God. So you can depend on God's word and stay under the covenant covering. The promise of God. Stay under that so that your life is blessed. I still have some time. Maybe not. Uh, why is it that it seems like the covenant is not really in force you know when I was a new Christian and I was going through my troubles and uh, I demons just really having fun with my life it was so bad I wasn't too sure about whether these tongues I had was of God or not because it didn't seem like anything was changing even though I prayed in tongues. And I go to ministers for help. And I could discern that they too were searching. <laughs> you know what I said to myself? Boy, I really wish I was in the days where Jesus was on the earth and the apostles were here. And I could have gone to them, not these flaky preachers all around me, and all these flaky brothers, they kiss on I'll go to Peter. So I feel disadvantaged because I wasn't born when Peter was alive. I know, I know none of you felt that way, but I did. And I was very sincere, too, in my feeling. It was deep inside. I felt really frustrated. 
So even though God has made a lot of promises, and the ministers preach, they'll tell me those things, and I'll tell them, yeah, I know. I've seen that promise before. But it don't seem to be working in my life, and it don't seem like it's working in your life either. Well, I didn't tell them that, but that's what I was thinking. <laughs> so we always wonder, why is the covenant not in force? Why? There are two reasons, and I'm not going to go into them tonight. So if you want to hear those two reasons, come back next Wednesday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> first one is we are not aware of all this covenant offers. We're not aware of it. We don't know what God's given to us. It's like the parable Jesus said, it's like a man looking for goodly pearl and he went into the field, he found one, sold everything that he had to buy that field just to get that thing. We don't know what we've got. Jesus says the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of, men, of children of the kingdom. We don't know what God's given to us. We don't know what's available to us. I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to myself as well. I wish I knew everything. My life would be so different. But I'm st- I, I want to strive to know what the covenant offers. You can see how powerful the covenant is that has existed between Abraham and the children of Israel till today. It's still in force. People understand it. And you know, when I came to America, I used to say, people used to tell me, the Jews own all the money in America. I don't know how true that is, but they say they are very rich and powerful in the United States. But Jews are, God's taking care of them. They've turned the desert into like, this is incredible. And anybody, you can tell. There's something about them that's different. The whole world knows that. And if you're their friend, you do well. I don't understand that. Yes. Because God had made a promise for them. We can learn from that. That's the force of the covenant that God made that we call the old covenant. And now we're living under the new covenant. We just don't know what we've got. That's it. And we just, God really needs to open our eyes. And the second reason, we're going to be going into this. The second reason is double-mindedness. Double-mindedness. And we're going to talk about what causes double-mindedness. And maybe how to free yourself from being double-minded. Because you can know the covenant and understand the promise. And if you're double-minded, it won't work for you. It just will not work for you. So we want to talk about that and how we can rid ourselves of being double-minded. You're double-minded, I am. I know the promise and then I'm seeing what I'm seeing before my eyes. And then people are talking to me from their experience and everything. And what's happening in the world and all of that. And those things affect us. But I do know that there was famine in the land, and Isaac, I believe it's Genesis 26, Isaac decided, I'll go to Egypt. That's where my father went. And God said, no, stay right here. 
And he stayed and did what God. God said, if you stay and you do what I ask you, that's the promise, I'll bless you. And God blessed him. He became rich, became very rich, continued to prosper until he became very prosperous and the people envied him because of God's prosperity. Why? He held on to his own end of the promise, the covenant. You stay here and sow even though there is no rain coming down. He obeyed when it didn't make sense. And that's where we need to get ourselves to so that God can bless us. Amen. I'm not going to hold you longer, so stand up with me tonight. I still have a lot that I want to share on this. Um, next week, this what I've just shared with you now. And then I want to go into some of the uh, very powerful covenants God's made with us, found in the Old Testament, but also in the New so you can know that all your needs will be met. I don't like a people who stay around me. If you make me worry, that's, you cost me a lot of pain. I don't like it. I fight very hard to stay out of that anxiety thing. I hate it and fear. Uh, that's usually the first line of battle. God, I want freedom from this. When my mind is not at rest, I know I'm really in trouble because it's hard to trust God at that stage. And it happens to all of us, and that's because of what I'm seeing in front of me and what I'm hearing and what's happening right in front of me. So it's to close my eyes to those things, recognize that they are still there, but trust that God is able to change it. When he'll do it, I really don't know, but I've survived until now. I can survive <laughs> and wait on him till he gets through for me. Amen? He's always taking care of you until now. You've been through a lot of troubles, many all of us here. But God's kept you till this very day. Why would he quit now? Is this one so big that God cannot handle it? We can trust him. He'll take care of us. That's why I go back to that scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It makes me to lie down in green pastures. So it's green here. It's green there. He leads you beside the still water. He leads you in the paths of righteousness because of his name. It's not because of you. It's not because you're that good. We all make mistakes. But it's for his name. He protects you. He provides for you for his name. But even though you go through this difficulty, the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have anything to fear. Yes, it's dark. Horns of wickedness, cruelty. Habitations, stomping ground for weak troubles. You're going through this, but you have no reason to be afraid because he says, the Lord is with you. That's all you need to know. He's, he's there for me. I have no reason to be afraid. And then he prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies that are trying to hurt you. They're meant to destroy your life with sickness, with disease, pain, anxiety, so you won't sleep well at night. Go to sleep. And worry, don't worry about it. I see Peter in jail, ready to be killed probably the next day. The guy was sound asleep. He took an angel to wake him up. That's an amazing thing. Because he was resting in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. Commit your ways to him. 
Let him know what's going on. And tell him you need his help. He will hear from heaven. He will remember his covenant. And come down for your deliverance. Let's lift our hands up to him tonight. And just thank him that he's he's there in your life. That's all you need to know. God, you are in my life. I've got it made. When you say that, you honor him. And he feels very honored. When you believe him against what's happening in your life. You really honor him and that's when it works. It's when we begin to speak things that are contrary. Then he says, you've really acted like the children of Israel in the wilderness. And what he hears from your mouth is what he's going to give to you. But when you praise him for his goodness to your life, goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. You are crowned with tender mercies and loving kindness. They are always there for you. Tender mercies, loving kindness upon your life. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the presence and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that we have the Holy Spirit with us. We are not orphans. The Spirit of God is our Father. He is with us, helping us, directing us, guiding us, protecting us, comforting us, providing for us, taking care of every single need. If we think it, it's already done. If we ask it, it's already done. We thank you for your word. That cannot return to you void. Lord I thank you for all of your children here tonight. That have heard your word. Because you are a covenant keeping God. Lord let your covenant come into full force. In every life here tonight. In the name of Jesus. That every need is met by the power of your name. You said if we ask anything in your name. You will do it. And tonight I ask that these needs be met. Those that are in need of employment, their needs will be met. Whatever need there is here in, at the Ark Fellowship, I need you guys, please agree with me today. We heard this, just the request that nobody will be in need. God will make a way for us in the wilderness, through the sea. God will make a way for us if we are in the fire The fire will be air-conditioned for us so we won't feel the heat. That's what it is. You come out of it and no smell of smoke on your body. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We serve the same Jesus, the same Jesus that was with with Chedrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the same Jesus that was with Daniel. We're serving the same Jesus that was with David in battle. We thank you that we serve the same Jesus that was with Solomon in wisdom, we serve the same Jesus, that was with Samson in power, we serve the same Holy Spirit, He is with us tonight. And we have no reason to be afraid, because our God is with us. We divorce ourselves tonight from fear. Can you say that? I divorce myself tonight from fear, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Because the Lord is with us. And if God be for us, nothing. Nothing can be against us. Stay encouraged. Keep believing. That's what honors Him. He honors those who honor Him. And believing is what honors Him. Amen? 
God bless you. Till next Wednesday.